on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo Daily. Is Donald Trump about to become the first U.S. president to face a criminal charge? Did you know about the payments? Uh, later on, I knew. Donald J. Trump has faced his fair share of controversies over the years, and then some. The January 6th committee releasing its final 845-page report placing blame for the violence and bloodshed on that day on one man, former President Donald Trump. Sources telling ABC News the search is related to allegations the former president improperly removed documents when he left the White House. They were brought to Mar-a-Lago, including classified material. But it is his alleged affair and the payment of hush money to porn star Stormy Daniels that could see the law catching up with him. Trump's saying today he expects to be arrested on Tuesday and is calling for protests. Now, with the possibility of an indictment looming, could this spell the end of Trump's 2024 presidential campaign? The Founding Fathers apparently never thought of this one. So there's nothing in it that prohibits someone from being charged or convicted for running for president. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today on the Indo-Daily, I'm joined by Gina London, former CNN anchor and Sunday Independent columnist to ask why Trump's possible arrest is so significant. Donald Trump has been involved in so many controversies, putting it mildly at this stage, that it is hard to keep count, Gina London. There's been the January 6th riots, the FBI searching Mar-a-Lago, trying to overturn the election result in Georgia. But it is the re-emergence of the former porn star Stormy Daniels that might actually be his downfall. Yeah, well, you're exactly right. And here we are today talking about something that happened back in 2006. So as you mentioned, and she's a porn star. And oh, by the way, for research purposes only, I promise you, Kevin, a colleague and I did have a peek at one of her um, movies and Wow. Oh my, okay. (laughs) You can't say that and not explain it. (laughs) Well, well, let's just say 20 seconds was all I needed to know. Gosh. Okay, so let's move on. The situation that brings us to the likely indictment for the first time ever of a former U.S. president is an alleged affair between the two of them at a celebrity golf tournament back in 2006. Yeah, no, he didn't. And he didn't try to pay me. Which is a, one of the things that's very frustrating that people assume that, that I was paid for that night and I absolutely wasn't. And I didn't even turn down money. He didn't even offer. So she was 27, he was 60, and he was the head of The Apprentice, of that, that television program. And it was just four months after his third wife, Melania, had given birth to their son, son Baron. They had a tryst. Her story has seemed at times confusing. For example, at one point she signed statements denying any affair took place. If it was untruthful, why did you sign it? Because they made it sound like I had no choice. I mean, no one was putting a gun to your head. Not physical violence, no. 
you thought that there would be some sort of legal repercussion if you didn't sign it. Correct. As a matter of fact, the exact sentence used was, they can make your life hell in many different ways. Then we fast forward to 2016, and now Donald is right. They had alleged tryst, I should put forward. He continues to say they didn't, while Stormy Daniels, who's getting loads of publicity from all of this now, did write a tell-all book in which I'm just quoting here. She described his penis as very tiny and shaped like a toadstool. So let's fast back now to 2016. Trump is running for president. Daniels reaches out to the press with the story of the alleged affair, specifically to the National Enquirer, which is a tabloid which is owned by a friend of Trump's named, and I'm not making this up, Kevin, David Pecker. So the Enquirer informs Trump's lawyer at the time, Michael Cohen, and he jumps into action, eventually handing Daniels a check for $130,000 just weeks before the actual election in November 2016 to keep her quiet. So Gina, I've heard most of that before, not quite in the way that you've told it just there, but why is it relevant now? Because this isn't new information. Right. Here's what's happening. This is the slow churnings of the legal system. And so let's now bring in Michael Cohen, who, as I mentioned, was the lawyer for Trump at the time. And now he, interestingly, people might remember there was a hush money payment, as I mentioned, but the payment came from Cohen. And then he was reimbursed through a series of payments from the Trump organization. And it's this arrangement that the federal prosecutors contend was personally approved by Trump which is actually at the center of this Manhattan grand jury case that we're talking about right now. He's saying very clearly that he never directed you to do anything wrong. Is that true? I don't think there's anybody that believes that. First of all, nothing at the Trump organization was ever done unless it was run through Mr. Trump. He directed me to make the payments. He directed me to become involved in these matters. The company, Trump's company, tried to make those payments back in the day look like part of a normal retainer agreement, but there was no such agreement. And so back in 2018, after Trump had already been in office for a year, the Wall Street Journal broke this story. And at first, Trump lied and he said he didn't know about the payment. Eventually, he tweeted out that he acknowledged there were payments to Cohen, but he connected them as a reimbursement and not anything to do with hush money. So it's really complicated. And here's where we get at the crux of what may be it the district attorney, Alvin Braggs, may be actually coming forward this week. Falsifying business records is a misdemeanor in New York. And so that can be related to was there a retainer, wasn't there, was there not a retainer from the company side. And now this misdemeanor can be elevated to a felony if it's proven that those were done, that that was done to cover up another crime. And so in this case, the hush money. Also, because as I mentioned, this was coming around the time of a presidential election, if it involves concealing any kind of campaign donation or influencing the presidential election, that's also a misdemeanor. You have to remember at what point in time that this matter came about, two weeks or so before the election. So yes, he was very concerned about how this would affect the election. Combining the two misdemeanors into one felony is what experts think that the New York district attorney is doing. So it's not because he allegedly paid hush money to Stormy Daniels as such. It's the way it was done through the transactions at the time it was done while there was an election in play. You mentioned Michael Cohen, who's Trump's lawyer. He's already faced charges, hasn't he? 
Oh, yeah. And he was convicted. He pleaded guilty and, and was convicted back in 2018 of several counts of campaign finance violations, tax fraud, bank fraud. And he spent time in prison and also in house arrest for those charges. So now he has been called for testimony and has certainly provided testimony before this New York grand jury. And he is certainly clearly no longer a defender of Trump. Did you know what you were doing? I'm angry at myself because I knew what I was doing was wrong. I stood up before the world yesterday and I accepted the responsibility for my actions. The actions that I gave to a man who, as I also said in my elocution, I was loyal to. I should not be the only one taking responsibility for his actions. And he hopes that Trump's indicted to demonstrate in his words that no one is above the law. So Michael Cohen is a key piece of testimony in this grand jury case, but by no means is, the only, is he the only one. The grand jury and the New York district attorney have been calling loads of people in the in the Trump circle or the former former circle to this grand jury. And that is what we are expecting now to hear the results of that investigation, perhaps as soon as this week. Gina, can you explain that you keep mentioning the grand jury? It's quite different to our system here. Can you just explain what exactly you mean when you talk about people appearing before the grand jury? Right. You can work your way through municipal courts and and make yourselves up to the top of what we call the grand juries, which are people that are actually deliberating and listening to the testimony. And so this grand jury in New York has been deliberating for some time on this particular case around the hush money and whether or not it meets the standards to actually level criminal charges. Now, what's really interesting, too, is that Donald Trump was asked to testify as the key defendant in this case just a couple of weeks ago. Now, he declined. And this is where, though, the experts say, hey, when you're bringing this asking this person to come in, you're just about at the end of this investigation. So we will know one way or the other if charges are being brought forward. All of the interest around this really has reached a peak because Donald himself, former President Trump himself, put out on his social media platform, Truth Social, over the weekend that he was going to be arrested on Tuesday and that the protests need to happen. It didn't happen on Tuesday, and frankly, it was probably never going to happen on Tuesday because the grand jury in New York that we're talking about meets on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Donald Trump is the only person who has actually said that he's going to be arrested. That hasn't been said by anyone in law enforcement at all, has it? The former president urged his supporters to, quote, take back our nation. And tonight, his campaign is already fundraising off of his claims, which have not been confirmed. Absolutely right. The DA has been very tight-lipped on this case because, of course, they don't want to jeopardize. He doesn't want to jeopardize anything. The only thing that he said as Trump came out again and said, as I mentioned, in all caps on Truth Social on Saturday, he said that, again, it's a witch hunt and it's a travesty and you're, and it's they're out to get him politically. And then he called for protests, not peaceful protest, but protests. And so the only thing that the DA came out and said is that we are going to bring all the police force together and we're not going to have anything that happened like January 6th. And so as of Tuesday, every officer in New York City was asked, plain clothes or not, to, re- to wear their uniform, their dress uniform. And that's 36,000 
police officers, Kevin, much more than they have down in Washington, D.C. And barricades have already been put in front of that courthouse where the grand jury is meeting in Manhattan, where those charges may be announced. And so the city is on full alert. While nobody in the DA's office has made any particular announcement about whether or when indictments may be coming forward. The phrase used by Trump in that social media post that caught my eye was that urging people to take our nation back. And that is kind of reminiscent of the January 6th kind of language. It's kind of mad that scene you're describing there, that a former president, his words are leading to that sort of a scenario or a nervousness in New York. Well, I, I don't think it's necessarily a nervousness, but it is an alert and it's a, we're taking it very seriously because they saw what happened when he made his speech and then after the speech on in on January 6th, you watch thousands of people or hundreds, hundreds of people anyway go to the Capitol and break into the windows and we all know what rioting and mayhem and, and violence happened there. The video is very clear. And so they put everything in force, but interestingly, on Tuesday when we were waiting for all these protests to come out and take back the nation, there were over a thousand people in front of the courthouse in Manhattan protesting in favor of Donald Trump being indicted. There have been more protests in support of him being indicted since those social truth posts went out than there have been banners and red, white, and blue Trump flags being waved in front of Mar-a-Lago and around the country in opposition of him being indicted. So that's very interesting to note. So what about all the politics of this then, Gina? Because Trump says he's going to run for president again in 2024. The Republican Party seems kind of unsure how to handle that. What does all this mean for that conversation, that debate? Yeah, well, so I think it's a way to be seen. I mean, there are a lot of criminal cases. There's three more criminal cases that are coming down the line that aren't just this Manhattan one. But let's take a look at it from a legal perspective. It doesn't matter if he's charged and arrested. Technically, it doesn't matter even if he's convicted, frankly, which is fascinating. Technically, Trump can still run. And it will give him, in his mind, an opportunity to rally his base. But when you think about swing votes in particularly essential, instrumental states around the nation, it's likely to distance them. And it will certainly give his opponents, particularly Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who is likely to officially throw his hat into the presidential candidacy ring on the GOP side, plenty of fodder to campaign around. And I think that people are getting weary of the shenanigans around the Trump show. So publicly, you'll hear Republicans come out and support him. But privately, I think they are really hoping that that DeSantis or others will come forward and offer an alternative that doesn't bring with it a circus, but particularly criminal charges. Ron DeSantis, he is seen as the biggest challenger to Trump to get on the Republican ticket for 2024. Where does he stand on all of this? Well, so far he's made, I think, one public statement in which he was distancing himself from the actual indictment issue. But he, in that statement, not once, but I think three times, mentioned, well, I don't know what it's like to pay hush money to a porn star. Well, I have no comment to make about the hush money to the porn star. I think he said porn star three times. I don't know what goes into paying hush money to a porn star to to secure silence over some type of alleged affair. I just, I can't speak to that. We know he is 
absolutely going to make that as an issue if he officially puts his hat in the ring. And I think he's waiting to see when it gets a little bit dustier around Trump, then that's going to be the time that he steps in and acts as an alternative to, as I said, the shenanigans around Donald Trump that continue to swirl. Yeah, DeSantis's comments were very pointed in that he didn't condemn Trump, but he kind of just left the the left it hanging out there that, that this was all bad. What, you know, Michael Cohen is obviously gone as as Trump's lawyer now because he's on the, the other side of the fence. What is Trump's legal position here? What are his own lawyers saying? In my world, as a lawyer, when you're resolving cases, look, I've represented many, many beyond wealthy individuals who are resolved cases for what they call nuisance value to make a, a, an embarrassing problem go away. And the problem isn't always a real problem. It's the threat of, of an allegation. That's enough. Well, right now, it's interesting that the legal the legal team, of course, around this, the hush money situation are saying it's a complex case. It's, it's a complicated case when you try to wrap two, elevate two misdemeanors into one felony. Is that going to be enough to actually get a conviction? They are poo-pooing the, the stakes, but they are also in the same token, probably a lot like Trump is himself making this an issue. There's a photo, if there's a perp walk into the Manhattan Grand Jury Courthouse, we're going to make sure that we have our own photographers there. It's, of course, make a, a show of all, of all of these things. And and yet, on the other hand, they have to be privately thinking that this can't be good for his future electability. It can't be good for his continued fundraising Gina, for me, the maddest part of some of this is that if we imagine that Trump is indicted, he is found guilty of something, he is even sent to jail, that law will happen, it'll probably run into 2024. He could end up running for president from behind bars. Is that true? It actually is true. Here's what's fascinating. 200 plus years ago, the founding fathers apparently never thought of this one. So there's nothing in it that prohibits someone from being charged or convicted for running for president. So we are in absolutely unprecedented situations in some places, in some points. But here's what's funny. The Constitution, for example, are, are, for instance, only says what you have to be 35 years old, born in the U.S., and be a resident for 14 years. So Trump qualifies for all of that as he's already been a president. And so he could run as he's facing trial or going through whatever the legal procedures are. If he's actually convicted, somehow the wheels of justice move really, really quickly and he's behind bars. He could continue to run because we actually have now a presidential candidate who is currently in prison, and that would be Joe Exotic from the Tiger King series from Netflix, actually just threw his hat in the ring recently. So it's, it's allowed. We'll see how it goes. Joe Exotic, Joe Biden, and Donald Trump on the presidential ticket. What a country. I want to see that debate. Oh dear, I'm not sure I do. Gina London, thank you very much. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by Mary Carroll, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, with sound design by John Smith. Archived clips were from CNN, MSNBC, and 60 Minutes Australia. If you enjoy the Indo-Daily, don't forget to like, follow, and leave us a review. 